Yo, 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 what's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? It's the boy JBJR with Fruit of the Boom Podcast. What's happening with y'all? Again, you know, I'm rocking out solo while man handling his business. Uh, and right now, I got a really, really super dope guest. Haven't had a DJ on in a minute either. So this this is something. And plus, this is one of my homies, man, that I met a while back, man, that... To me, to me, man, and even the paper says, even Riverfront Times says that he's all, he's the pretty much the DJ that wins every fucking year in Riverfront Times. <laughs> like he wins all the awards, this man tours all the fucking time. Skillful as fuck and pretty much legendary out here, man. Another legendary DJ, man. My man, DJ Mob. How you doing, bro? Hey, what's up, man? Thanks for having me, dude. Brother, thank you for coming on, man. I yeah. appreciate it. It's an honor, man. It's oh honor. man. Long time coming. <laughs> <laughs> man, We've talked about it forever, man. But yeah, we got it. We got it going. Man. We're here. Got it going. Right. There you go, man. But I appreciate you coming on the show again, man. Thank oh, yeah, you so man. much for real. Quick. Hey, we both made it, even in that crazy ass rainstorm man. we just drove through. <laughs> man, so right before we came here, man, so like mind you, like I said, we in St. Louis and if you know like the 6440 interchange, you know how traffic can get and shit like that. So I'm driving from my home um in the county. Coming on to 170, going to 40, yeah. or 64, Interstate 64, for you guys don't know. Right. Interstate 64. <laughs> and it's St. Louis, we call it 40. It's St. Louis, we call it 40. <laughs> it's, it's Missouri Highway 40, Interstate 64. That's why we call it. Right. So just so y'all know. But regardless, though, so I'm on this interchange from one interstate to another, and this thing you fucking know. It's already like black cloudy as shit, like on some Mortal Kombat level shit. <laughs> next thing you know, Outworld. Man, next thing you know, boom, it just comes like thundering down and all type. It's man, look. And, it, and I got out of it. Fortunately, I got out of it for only five minutes. Because as soon as I text my man where I got to a stoplight, he told me, man, it's crazy out there. <laughs> I was like, I'm about to run this shit again. <laughs> Man, I'm still my, my, my shirt is still soaked, man. I'm just, man. I'm just here, damn. Fuck it. Hey, but hey, we saw. <laughs> hey, but we saw just man. We came through rain, sleet, snow, hell. That's what we do, bro. Right, that's right. We, that's how we do, man. So, but nah, man. Uh, the purpose of the podcast is to go ahead and get everything cracking. Um, that we created was basically give a space to the, the main three portions of music that's not talked about as much as an artist or a band, which are the DJ, mm. the producer, and the engineer. Yeah, I want them to get their stories out, their advice, their lives, all the stuff they've been doing, like their practices, any kind of stories, and any kind of advice they can give out to the people that would love to hear about it. That's what I'm about. And that's why I want to give anyone, I don't care if you're known or unknown, give a chance to get a story. And yeah, it's man. all about you. Respect that you give them shine, man. Not a lot of people do. And I try to, man, because I know how important it is. There's no shade to the artist at all, man. I love my artists. I oh, love my sure. band. But it's just the main thing is, it's not a lot of outlets like this. I want this to be this kind of outlet for people like us. I'm a producer myself, you know. Just me and a chance to talk to each other. Just to, to talk about cheap. That's we're, the main thing. We're all beat fans. Man, all day. All day. <laughs> Shout out to Fresh Produce. Right? Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, man. You guys are doing well, man. I'm really proud of you guys. Man, we appreciate it, man. Yeah, it's been a long time coming, man. Like, you know, we uh, they started back in 2010. Then we did some rebranding about three years ago. Right. And, you know, it was up and down then. But then as soon as we moved to like a year ago, which would be next month, as a matter of fact, in July. Yeah. You know, we'll be at the Monocle, because originally at the time of Cowboy, we shout out to them still. Sure. Um, when we moved to the Monocle spot, you know, God bless them, man, because they've been able to one been super cool about everything. Yeah, man. The venue is perfect. It's a little bit smaller, but it's more intimate and the sound, you know, and it's, everyone is it's, it's, it's perfect, great. It's man. A perfect down, spot. down to the aesthetic and everything, you guys have it. It's it's the right feel in there for it, sure. It is. Yeah. And then shout out to the sound man, Jim man, for bringing his own personal speakers, man. <laughs> like them joints. Jesse, man. your whole crew, Brady, man, Ben. Man, shout out Swicky. to this, my whole my brothers, man. Beat my brothers' time. arms, man. Man, all of them, man. All five of <laughs> my all my brothers' arms in this shit, man. Yeah, From man. The, all of them. I love y'all, man, and this is what we do, man. So we got fans for days, and then even then, Mock even filled in as a DJ at one point, man. Yeah, was so, that like three months ago? Yeah, or, man. He actually filled. time was in Europe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. So that was a blast, man. <laughs> I had a great time that night. See, there we go. See, and this is why you guys should come out to the B events because we would have people just magically enter. You don't know when. Like we had Moth come through, and like I said, Moth is very well known out here, and so just having someone out here, and then his skill set is. Pretty fucking high up there, so we got that level Thanks, kind of bro. stuff. 
right there. You know, we got like some him and you know J E and shit like that. You no know, shout out to him. So you yeah. know, it's, you know, we had people DJ up there all the time. So we like I said, it's just that's why we tell people come to these events. Right. You never right. know who you see. Yeah, you man. Never know. <laughs> it's just what it is. But now let's go ahead and get it cracking, man. Um yeah. I'm gonna ask you the question that I literally ask everybody. Okay. Which is the starting question. Yeah. How did you get into DJ? Like, yeah. take, take me back. Take me back uh, to the Man, it probably all started back in the day just kind of watching like Young TV raps and shit. Like, my, my parents got cable, and I remember watching that show and seeing mm. like Jam Master J and different dudes like cutting it, you know? And so. My parents were music heads, so they had, we had a couple different turntables in different rooms. Right. Like my sister had one on top, you know, they had those stacked stereo systems with the turntable on the very top. Mm-hmm. Okay, and okay. Man, and man, like, I remember when they would leave the house, I would like go in there and sneak in there and put a record on and kind of fuck around with it. Okay. And which, those are our, our belt drive turntables, they have a belt in the motor, so when you move the platter back, you can break it so easily. Man, so I shouldn't yeah. have been doing that. But I remember doing that as a kid. And then uh, I'm the youngest of four. So uh, my oldest brother is a pretty well-known comic book artist out in L.A. His name is Jim Mahfoud. And, um, Shout out to your brother. Yeah, yeah. When he went away to college, he started sending me these like cassette mixtapes. And he would put all kinds of different shit on there. Underground hip-hop, funk and soul records, Run weird right. producer DJ stuff. Like down tempo trip hop shit, all kinds of stuff, and it just exposed me to tons of music that I never really heard. You know, just hanging out with my friends and like what we were hearing on the radio and all that. And that's where I really heard like turntablism for the first time. Like dudes using the turntable as like an actual instrument. And um, I would go out to like Sam Goody and Best Buy and shit and buy each CD that was attached to every song that was on like these mixes that my brother Jim said. <laughs> so I just started building my own collection. And I became that kind of like snobby music dude in high school, <laughs> you, you know, like making like burning CDs and passing them out of lockers and shit. You know? Hey man, hey, like we all is, had them dudes, hey, man. Hey, hey, <laughs> someone had to do it, man. Right, right. Because like when I was coming up, man, when we were in high school, like that's when like the crunk era really took over, you know. And I was like, man, there's so much more to hip hop right now. Like, you know, all the underground labels, like all the shit that like Raucous Records was doing. Right, right, right. Uh, like, like everyone from, you know, Rhyme Sayer, Stone's Throw, all these indie labels that I was into that like dudes that are making just incredible, like the beats are incredible. The, the MCs are top of the game right now, in my opinion. Right, right, right. And y'all are over here like blasting Lil John and shit. <laughs> Yeah, There's know, nothing it, wrong with some little. No, no, John no hey, don't get me wrong. I, I play little John <laughs> as, as some of my like throwback gigs and all that. And man, it still fucking crushes in the club. But you know what I mean, man. There was know, there was more out there that like you know I felt like it was like a duty of mine to kind of show people just because they weren't going to do the work either. Right. And that was kind of what led me to wanting to become a DJ on top of hearing what all these dudes were doing, manipulating all these different genres of music. Um, so my brother's homies out in Arizona were the guys that kind of like spearheaded the mashup movement. Okay. Like in like the mid to late 90s. Uh, that's like DJ Z Trip and DJ Radar and Meal and all these dudes. They, there were a crew called Bomb Shelter DJs. Mm-hmm. And my brother would paint live on stage with them at their weeklies. Nice. And so Jim started sending me their like live mixes. And this is all vinyl. This is pre-Serato, pre-CDJs, pre-digital DJing. Nice. And these dudes are literally making all these genre blends and all this shit going on. And all three DJs will play together, like six turntables at the same time. And they freestyle this shit. It just blew my mind what they were doing oh, musically. Wow. And that really pushed me like, man, I, I want to like maybe pursue this. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I got disinterested in sports in high school. Like, I was an athlete athlete all my life, and then I kind of was just like, man, like, music just took a hold. How old would you say you was at that time? Uh, probably, like, 15. 15 or Yeah, all? 15, okay. 16. Uh, and I was working at Best Buy at the time. It's <laughs> <laughs> my, first, my first and only job, actually, which is crazy. But uh, I worked there for a couple years, and okay. I, would, I was just saving money. And I went to Guitar Center, and I bought my first setup. Nice. Uh, over there and back then these it's kind of funny looking back on now they used to sell this thing called a DJ in a box I've heard of it <laughs> I've heard of it yes I've heard it, of it so for kids like me they're like you know no one's helping me this this is a lot of money to me you know right. like six seven eight hundred dollars is a lot of money when you're fucking 15 years old oh you know absolutely what I mean? like 
you know and, I, and I, again i never even really played around with this shit like like professional gear you know if i'm taking a shot of dark like i might not even be into this i might take this home play with it for a little while and i'm not good and i'm, I'm gonna give up you know like mm. you know but i bought the dj in the box which it would give you a, a set of shitty direct drive turntables which you could scratch on it wasn't the belt drive motor. <laughs> there you go. They gave you a little box mixer that didn't even have like a three channel, like, like you know, normal EQ, like a band EQ of like high, mid, low. It was like high and low. <laughs> that was Damn. it. And like a crossfader. That was it. That was it. There it was, was like, no, it's like, you got to start somewhere, there's no, Yeah, there's nothing on there. And they throw some needles and slip mats and headphones and shit in there. And you do, it was just an all package deal, but none of the gear was that great. Mm. And I just set up shop in uh, my mom and dad's laundry room. <laughs> and like every day, Day after school, man, it just became like I would just be fiending to get the fuck out of high school and drive home as fast as I can, throw my book bag off and go downstairs and like scratch and shit. And I just, you know, and this is pre-YouTube, so I didn't really have anyone, you know, being a kid in you know, the middle of nowhere in St. Louis, like there was no, none of my peers were in this shit. DJing wasn't mainstream. So I'd just come home and just kind of try to figure it out, try to figure out how to blend records, how to scratch and learn like just the basic techniques to start off, you know. Uh, the foundation, basically. And it just became an obsession. Like, you know, I, I feel like you need to have those obsession years. Like, those are super important. Mm -hmm. And, like, that was me, man. I just lived and breathed that shit. I would just sit on the floor, listen to records, absorb my collection, spend all my money at Vintage Vinyl going record shopping yeah, every yeah. week. Spoiling yeah. all my best buy money on vinyl. <laughs> and, and, like I said, mom and dad already had a decent collection, so they kind of got me... Nice. My, foot, my foot in the door like my mom was a big like soul and funk head nice so some of the foundational samples that like classic hip-hop records are built on my mom already had that shit that's what's up so it's like thanks mom you already got all this james brown and motown shit and <laughs> you know out to mama. she's got the curtis mayfield and some of the jazz shit and then my dad was into like classic rock and like you know rap pack and all that stuff and, you know but it was just, it's a good play the shit it's yeah good. yeah it's but and, and then uh, you know and then my older siblings like at, we were five years apart so everyone was in a different shit my sister's the oldest she was in the, you know the, all the all the 80s classics prince michael jackson you know madonna all that shit and my brother jim was the one that showed me like ska and reggae and hip-hop like real hip-hop you know and it's nice. just like it was just a, it was a good house to grow up in man because you just heard so much different shit and I think that's why I became like a really well-rounded DJ, like as far as I can kind of tackle different genres, just because mm -hmm. I love all kinds of different types of music. You that's know, and I think that's important too. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You stick to one lane, man. That shit just—it just gets boring, bro. Let's be honest. <laughs> right, I mean, it does, man. Yeah. I mean, you gotta expand your palette, man. You, you have to. I mean, even when—I mean, regardless if you're doing it or even just a listener, man, just expand your palette. Listen to something you haven't never heard before. I always talk about people's musical diets. I think that's important, man. Right. Like, like, it's, you know, I'm always trying to listen a little bit of everything. Just because I want to hear what people are doing, especially now, man, the way the technology has changed, everything, what people are doing, and pushing the boundaries, just in music, period. Mm -hmm. Fucking interesting. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, no, you're right. No, you're right about so, that. But yeah, man, and then it's just like, after that, just gained some confidence and started DJing some house parties in high school. So all my friends that were like, what the fuck are you doing buying vinyl records? Like, they didn't get it at the time. And then I started DJing these parties. And they were like, oh, shit. Yeah, man, we get it now. This is dope. Hell yeah. <laughs> you, you know, and the cops are coming, shut the parties down. And it's like, that shit is the most expensive stuff I own personally to myself at the time. You know, like, those right, are my right. babies, my turntables and shit. Right, right. The cops are coming. Everyone would scatter like, like fucking flies and shit. And, and they come down with flashlights in the basement. And it would just be me standing there next to my turntables. <laughs> the cops are like, get out of here, man. I'm like, nah, man. I'm not leaving all this shit here. And they're just like <laughs> constantly fucking with me. Like, well, you got to spend the night here. Or you get in your car right now. We're going to arrest you and get you, you know, an MIP or a DWI. And I'm just like, I'll sleep under the fucking <laughs> table right now. I don't even care. I'll wake up in the morning, pack up my shit. And I had to do that sometimes. Right. But I was like, dude, this is like my... Yeah, this is like my children. This is everything. I'm not leaving this shit. <laughs> but, uh, you know, in the house party stuff, I started playing music with a couple homies in high school. We formed a band and we started touring a little bit. We got some notoriety and started playing like all the, all the venues out of here. And we did that well. So that was my kind of foot in the door. My first taste of the real, like, St. Louis music scene was that. Just playing shows with my buddies. You know what I mean? And it was just fun at the time. We were just fucking around, but people were into it. And that was a band called Essence of Logic. 
This is a lot. Yeah, we were kind of doing like some, you know, some rock, reggae, funk, hybrid type shit. Kind of like a Chili Peppers, Sublime, Incubus type, 311 type sound and shit. I don't Mm -hmm. know. You know, and eventually I I got real bored with that style because I was just, you know, I was a little too hip hop for that. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I I got my foot in the door, that's for sure. Like. Had some great times with those guys, man. It was all about drinking and Hell getting yeah. on stage and getting rowdy and shit. Back <laughs> Looking back at it, but good memories of that. And then after that, just you know, progressing to all the different hip hop projects and labels, work and tours and all the different stuff since, man. So, oh damn, yeah, <laughs> hell of a origin story, my brother. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. Well, one of the full circle things too that I didn't mention was. Uh, Z Trip, the dude that kind of was like the mashup uh, innovator. Mm. Uh, my brother and him, you know, since my brother would paint on stage for him, they, be- he be- they became really close friends. Okay, cool. And like, this dude's like my hero, man. Like, like at the, you know, still is a good homie of mine. And I remember I went to Arizona when I was like 17, so I was maybe DJing for like a year, year and a half or something. And I, I never had anyone show me shit. And it's just like, I went and visited my brother in Arizona. And I got to hang out at Z Trip's house for a couple of days, and it's just like, man, this dude had like the co- like giant record, like the whole house was a record collection type shit, nice. and like all the toys, everything. He's in like Woo. documentaries that I be watching, and all this stuff. Like he's the king of like hip hop DJing and all this innovative mashup shit and all that. Man, like, and I remember, wa- I remember walking in there, and he was just like, "All right, kid, show me what you got." And it was oh, just shit. like that. And I'm like, "Oh fuck!" He put two copies of the same record down. It was like. Scratch samples right here. Beats are on this groove. Show me some shit. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> so I just start getting on. We start scratching. He has another turntable set up right next to where I'm on. He jumps on with me, and we just start, we literally just start jamming together. And, and, That's I'm, what's up, and I'm just sitting there hey, as a little kid, just like, what dope. the fuck? In my mind, you That's know what I mean? Dope. Dude, that's ill, man. So it was, it was a crazy thing. And I remember I was scratching and jamming, and his phone rang, and he picked up the phone and put it up to the speaker while I was cutting. And, and like, he let it sit there for, like, 15 seconds or whatever, and then he, like, put the phone to his head and walked out of the room. He's like, you hear that shit, man? It's like this 16-year-old kid scratching in my house. And I'm like, who is that? And he's like, oh, it's Mr. Dibs. Mr. Dibs at the time was like a DMC world champion DJ, battle DJ and shit. And I'm just man. like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, my whole, my whole life changed that weekend, man. It was just like, dude, I couldn't like, I'm already becoming peers with these dudes. And I'm like, not even 20 years old yet. High level. It was crazy. And, and it was wild because Z, Z Trip was getting ready to move to LA. And when he moved to LA, he became like a household name. He became, became a superstar DJ, like, you know, top villain of you know, Palms and Vegas and all these festivals and all this shit. Like, he really blew up after that. But I helped him pack multiple U-Hauls full of his vinyl collection. Like, this dude had to, this dude had to drive, like, multiple U-Haul trucks. Like, the biggest U-Hauls you can rent. And, like, imagine that just full top, like, floor-to-ceiling of vinyl. Like, like, and I helped him load all that shit. I'll never forget wow. that. I'm just like, dude, that collection was ridiculous. <laughs> like, wow. house, like, houses worth of records. Insane. Woo. But yeah, man, that trip really, really changed a lot of things for me and kind of opened my eyes. Like, man, I could maybe really do this if I really keep pushing it, you know? Right, right, right. And just been kind of on the mission ever since, man. <laughs> yeah, that's a hell of a origin story, man. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah you, you started off like just being a year, you say year, year and a half into it, then you mean like your actual heroes and this shit, and then I'm talking about high level people just within a year's time. It was crazy. Like yeah. that's. I, I mean, it was some. It kind of was some fate. Yeah, like, like I don't know. Just the fact that my brother was connected with them and all these weird. You know what I mean? Right. It's kind of like some destiny shit. In right. A way. It's just it was, everything it fell in place like it needed to. <laughs> a little, a little bit. It's just I was fortunate, man. I mean, thanks, Jim, for all the all the hookups, bro. <laughs> Shout out to Big Bro. Yeah. Right. Shit. Man, ain't nothing wrong with that, man. Yeah, so, man. So since you do still DJ, you're a touring DJ. Mm-hmm. Tell us what uh, equipment you use. So I'm still. I'm, I'm embracing all the new technology. Obviously, I use Serato. Um, I was sponsored by Rain for a long time, and they were the guys that were manufacturing the hardware, like the mixers and stuff that would be 
that would work, like flagship mixers that would work with Serato. So I, I got sponsored by them and I started like doing equipment demos for them and workshops and traveling around and doing like battles and different stuff for them. Uh, but I still use my Technic 1200 turntables. Still got the, tried and true. Still got the OGs, man. They're you know 40 years old, but they there's a reason they never changed the design in 40 years. They're built like tanks. They're the most. They're literally the most reliable piece of technology I've ever seen in my life. Like, like yeah, you got to tune them up every once in a while, get the motor worked on, replace some RCA cables, some ground wires and shit. But like you know, something that's 40 years old. It's I mean, think yeah. of anything that is still relevant or even like you see people work. Like, nah, man, not, nothing, nothing flashed in that. <laughs> not, not that, not like that's built for it. Yeah, man. that's man. like old school for it, tough, man. That's so, and, and like in the last couple of years, there's been some great companies that have dropped some um, turntables that are just equally as good. And like the new Pioneers are great. I played on a couple of different ones that are that are great. Nice. So to me, I just I just need a good set of turntables. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I'm right now currently uh, the generation of mixer I'm using is the Pioneer S9. Which has all the pads built in and all that stuff. You can do a lot of crazy trickery with that. But um, yeah, man, there's a whole new crop of gear coming out. Like right now, the rain just dropped a whole new line of stuff that I haven't even had a chance to try yet. Oh, what? So I might end up, you know, converting over to that eventually. Hey, <laughs> hey man, but, uh, hey, go for it. Yeah, man. It's just it's so many toys, man. I've built up a, a, quite the collection of gear nice. at, at the crib and. Um, <laughs> Yeah, man. But yeah, like, I don't know. A lot of my homies still give me shit that I'm still lugging around the heavy-ass turntables. But them heavy-ass yeah. turntables get you paid. Oh, for sure. There you and, go. And, That's and, all that matters. Well, and, and again, not to sound cliche or cheesy, but like, that is my instrument, man. I don't feel like I can get down... Like on a little controller device, you know what I mean? It's just not my, not my thing. You no, know no, I mean? I'm, no, dude. Different strokes for different folks, bro. I understand. Because sure. I mean, because like I said, you know the old school way. Sure. So sure, since sure. that's what you know, that's what you're gonna stick with. Mind you, you implement new school ways into it, but you know, right? Above everything else, like you know, shout out to uh, like who and them, which was teaching me the old school way and shit like that. I gotta the begin. I got like a good feel like how the old school way should go. Sure. So it's like, and I'm glad he taught me that first. Right. Because it's like since I learned that first, and now. I'm kind of learning some Serato shit myself. It's like, okay, now I see kind of like what he was talking about. Right. Because it's it like, I've noticed that, man. Like, going the old school way, then the new school way is better than going the new school way, right. than the old school way. I, yeah. I, I'm noticing it. And I'm really glad that I've started in the era right before, I was on the cusp, like right when I got my first set of decks or whatever, like a couple years later is when they started putting on like the CD turntables mm -hmm. and then Serato came out and that changed the whole fucking game. And obviously I jumped on board with that it's just like man i can make a track at my house and then play it at the club that night like that just blew my mind next in the past you'd have to wait two months to get that shit like a test press back on vinyl you have to buy the dub plate all this whole process just and it's it was ex insanely expensive just to get a couple records pressed they're like like no man like the process is nuts but uh you know, you could really format things the way you want to play them, the way you want to use them. Mm. Which just, I'm like, man, the boundaries are they're gone now. Like, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> you know? it's, just, it's endless. It, it's insane. But, you know, I, I don't know. I guess like my setup would almost be like a hybrid setup at this point. You know, because mm. I am using Serato and the computer and all that. Pretty, like, a state-of-the-art crazy mixer. But then I got the OG turntables on the side as, like, the flagship part of the setup. You know, so. All right. Yeah. So, so the main thing, I mean, like I said, it was just going back to this, just, you know, in the old school way and the new school way. That's one thing I know that's beneficial for a lot of DJs in your position because if push comes to shove, like, yeah, I can use this if I need sure. to. But if you all you have is this, like, and a lot of DJs that I see don't know the old school right. way. And I noticed that, you know, especially you know, a person like yourself, that makes you more, that makes you more of a valuable asset automatically. Because it's like well, I can throw I can throw you I can throw you on an old I can throw you on an old school setup, and I know I can trust you to get down exactly how I need you to get down and still get the party going. Right. Exactly how I need you to get it going without you missing the beat. Because I know you at least know how to do this. Well, part of it is too, like the technology just got really affordable. Mm -hmm. So like now, if if I was a DJ starting out now, like I don't blame. You know, some of these younger dudes going out and buying a controller for a couple hundred dollars and just trying to learn the basics of, of Serato. They already have a laptop. Right. You know what I mean? Like, are they going to go out and buy my $7,000 setup? Fuck no, man. They, don't, they can't afford that. You know what I mean? But they're interested in the culture and they want to get involved in it. So it's like, 
a great starting point. I don't blame them for going that route or whatever. Right, but it's right. just like, don't become a clone either. Don't rely on it so much that the, the technology does the work for you, I guess. You know what I mean? Right. The sync button shit and all that. It's just like, come on, man. We're already using all this amazing stuff. Like, and now you're going to have the software blend the records for you, too. Like, you can't get much lazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, I feel you on that. I feel you on that. Like, I guess because it's kind of like the same when, like, when I see with beats and when I see with, like, construction kits and shit like that. Mm. And, like, like, loop. Like, I try, like, do I use loops? Once in the blue moon, not for real. Like when I, it's kind of like that. Like I don't use stuff like that or construction kids to try to do shit like that. Yeah. Because even though, yeah, mind you, I didn't learn the way of the hardware. I learned, the, I learned probably the old, like the old school software way first. Right. And then I was like, okay, I can go ahead and start. Then I started learning some hardware, implementing that. But my thing was, you know, seeing how people make beats now, and I can just like, oh damn, I don't got no equipment. I don't got my keys. Right. I don't got my. <laughs> shit right here, man. Give me this guy. My mouse. MIDI device, man. Or give, whatever. Give me this. Give me this mouse and give me a regular keyboard. Watch, watch why I make this shit work. Cause I'm not. Or give me a laptop and watch me get down. Right, right, right. Because I'm like, nah. If I'm gonna go ahead and get down, I don't care if it's gonna be these keys. I don't care if it's gonna be a drum. I don't care if it's gonna be some pads. I don't care if it's just gonna be the keyboard. That's a regular computer keyboard sure. or the mouse. I'm gonna try to learn these ways. Or I'll have learned these right. ways. You know, because whatever situation calls for it. You know, I'm not made, I'm not a pianist. I don't know the keys. I mean, I know right. how to, you know, I know how to fill it out. I know how to get kind of, you know, I can fill stuff out. I mean, I pass the same thing. Oh, but, but yeah, but I'm not, but I know, but I got an ear enough. I still remember like downloading like cracked versions of man. Fruity Loops and shit and man. all that off like LimeWire and all. Oh my God. <laughs> it's man. like your shit would crash in the whole project and it's like, why, why did this happen? Oh yeah, I never actually bought the real shit. It just, <laughs> that's why it I happens. Did. That's why it happened. You know, it happens, bro. You I will. You gotta start somewhere, man. You gotta start somewhere. But I, I'm gonna say this, man. Even with me, man, I like. I even download like beat kits and shit like that. You know, but I try to find out if they like royalty free, like free kits. Like my thing is, I like mm. getting a lot of actual free kits. Yeah, yeah. If I can help it, I would definitely will buy kits. Like I've been basically buying more and more kits just to increase my sound and play around with new shit and just grow, you know, grow my power. Oh, for sure, yeah, yeah. But the thing about it is, at the same time is, you know, if I can find a free kit that can give me the same fucking thing. Y'all can do just sweet sound and get it to where I need to. <laughs> right. I'm going to do that. Especially hey, a free it's a royalty more, free kit too. It, it's man. more in your arsenal. You might use it way down the road. It might be something you pull up and you're like, oh yeah, I forgot I downloaded Like, that. dude, I have made so many, I have made beats off of free kits that cats I've heard I know for a fact, like yourself was like, damn, where'd you make that? It was like, oh, I made this off the use me sense. Like, yeah, just one day I was just like, fuck it, I'm gonna use this to see what happens. Yeah. You know, it, it's just it happens like that, man. Yeah. And it's just like I mean, that's where we're at. I'm like, if you can get down on it, more power to you. I, like, I can't really judge and talk shit. They're like, it's, it's whatever. Right, because <laughs> like, my thing is, it's not the machine, it's the man behind the machine. Right. It's right. like, if you can get down with this, if you can get down with a controller, if you can get down with a, yeah. a creative DJ. I've seen some dudes kid. do some really dope shit. This on, on with a DMC uh, with a controller? Uh, I don't think so. Okay, I know like uh, or, or freeze, there's, or there's freestyle. There's the people that have competed uh -huh. using controllers, but I don't think anyone's won. Was that was that freestyle? Was that freestyle? Well, they did the Goldie Awards that uh, that thing that A Track put on like maybe uh, like six months to a year ago, uh -huh. and they had all these different people. There's like a production like beat battle side to it. And then they had like a DJ battle too. And everyone got to bring their own setups this time. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, people were bringing all kinds of stuff out, man. They had like new Roland 808 controller and all this different shit. And What's that for? There, there's nice. some cool stuff on that. And uh, But yeah, like like typically though, like the Red Bull 3 style or like a DMC competition, like they, you kind of have to play on the house gear a lot of times. Mm. And it's usually two 1200s and a Rain or a Pioneer mixer. You know, and it's just like, you know, you can bring some extra toys, you can bring like a MIDI controller to attach onto that if you need like extra pads or whatever, but like, you playing with it's kind of like you're like, stuck on, on the, you know, the, the setup that's provided just because they don't want to do all this switch over of gear in between sets and shit to try and, you know, because they got to get through like eight, ten competitors sometime in a night at an event. Right, right. And when you got 3,000 people sitting there in a theater, you don't want to be taking 20 minute set breaks to be wiring up someone else's new rig and all that. You know right, what I mean? It's right. just like, let's keep it moving. Like, you know, the assembly line, let's keep it going. Right, because I'm, I'm assuming that they mindset is, well, 
if you compete in this event, then I'm assuming you must know how to take uh, taking 1200. So you must know how to use 1200 if you decide to come here. Sure. I guess, I'm guessing that's their mindset for the exact reason you just said. Right. Like, you know, if you're going to be in this competition, you better know how to use this. It's, well, that style of DJing, too, that, like, the battle, competitive, party rock type shit, it's just like, yeah, like, most people are still going to be using turntables for that. Oh, yeah. Just because, you know, it's just... The tactile response of a, of a record is totally different from like a jog wheel. It just is. It is, man. You know, you know what? the pressure it you is. put on the record, the amount of weight you're putting onto it, like the the, uh, the angle you're coming at. All you can do different, create different sounds just by hand placement, all that stuff. And it's like sometimes on a jog wheel, that doesn't really translate. And you know, you write about that, man. Because like I said, when I learned just the beginning stages of how to not know the old school way on some, uh, I want to say it was some 12 inches, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And just seeing, just knowing exactly what you're talking about, like I know, I know the exact difference that you're talking about. Right. Because it's like, huh, like, like I had to control Because I, I learned how to really get down, low key learning how to uh, mix uh, Pre by Fabulous and uh, <laughs> Read my fabulous and what was that? Hustle was it Hustle Ambition? Hustle Ambition by 50 Cent. Nice. I, I went ahead, I went ahead and just juggled those. I was like, okay, let me go ahead and get down real quick. It seemed BPM. like they too unlikely yeah. as fuck. But I was just went ahead and just did it just to see what was gonna happen. And when I tell you that I I realized like, okay, I see what it means. And then I was just getting the groove and feel of like, okay. Okay. Right. And then I was like, I just feel like the weight. Okay, let me not put too much pressure. I weight too light, too heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me go ahead. Let me do this with, angle. Yeah, let me hand try this. Yeah, on the vinyl. Like, right. You know, I always tell people like you kind of want to cut over at like nine o'clock. Like if you're looking at it like a like a clock, you know, it's just you put your hand on the other side mm-hmm. like like three. You're going against the tone arm or the turntable that would make a jump. You know, there's all these little things, you know, and it's just right, like, right. you know, even when I started, like, I didn't have anyone to teach me that shit, so I had to figure it out the, the hard way. <laughs> but you, you know what I mean? And, hey. But it's, just, you know, and it's also like just watching, you know, all the home, all the heroes and everything. Like when YouTube came out, that was a godsend. It's like, oh, shit. Man. It's like, now you got tutorials for everything. Bro, when I tell you, okay, I'm going to tell you something right now. I learned how to make beats when I was 18, right? And yeah. when I tell you, I, on the crave version of FL, yes, I was 18 at the time. Get it right. Right. But, <laughs> but I'm just saying, though, but when I tell you, when I had to learn FL, the way I had to learn was someone, you know, taught me literally, okay, this is how you will make a beat on the step sequence. This is how you would do this. Right. This is how you sit up and this. Okay. Oh, this is how you use a mixer like that. Got you. Oh, okay. This is how you sum up. This is how you do this, then the third. Okay, right. cool. When I learned that, and then when I start translating, I start getting better at it, and I start like getting like more skilled at it. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I learned that that kind of translation, you know, especially talking, you know, you no, know, especially now I'm switching to more of a DJ side, just learning that shit. Sure. I'm learning, man, that you know, having an original foundation is so important, mm-hmm. especially when you learn stuff from YouTube too. Because if you get that free education, especially oh, if, yeah. especially when it te- can teach YouTube you foundation, University, man, bro, YouTube <laughs> University, when, it, when you can learn some of the foundation stuff, if you don't even have someone sitting next to you, <laughs> yeah, like dude, yeah. like I don't even have my whole setup together, man, and I'm still learning shit just cause. And I'm like, and I know and as soon as I get my hand on set, I'm like, hey, I'm the way done I, I learn better when I'm in the room with someone they're showing me something in person exactly and then That's I can I mimic it and then we can go back and talk about it and there's a lot of constructive you know criticism back and forth right. and critiques and all that and it's just like it was just so funny man because that was like the trial and error that I had to go through without having that coming up you know it was just down in the laundry room you know my mom's doing the laundry like sounds good honey <laughs> in the background and shit my dad's upstairs you're rattling the fucking china cabinets turn it down i'm like oh my god man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> i need to get the fuck out of here uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. man but hey you got again like it's just uh, you just gotta be hungry regardless you, you have to and that's what i'm saying like when you're able to learn something like get educated which I always say, you know, always get the education. Some way, I mean, someone like yourself, like say, you learn, you literally self-taught for the most part. Right, right, So you right. Really literally are self-taught for real, for real. So, and from what I know to have heard in all of St. Louis, or most of St. Louis, I was saying at this point, have heard from you and also you touring, you just learning your shit self-taught. I'm just 90% self-taught. You 100% self-taught. Right. You learning what you learn. 
it wasn't until I was a little older and I was old enough to get into some of these clubs and play and I was around the older class of DJs at a class that was above me and watching them and getting the, you know, kind of powwow. They had way better gear than me. Course, so I was, course, you know, yeah. super like jelly eye and all this. Like, that's a dream set that I want right there. That dude's playing on it. Guess, you know, it's like, but these right. dudes are, you know, they're in their late 20s or whatever. And I'm 17. I can't afford this shit. You, you know, and it's just like, I don't have a real job yet, you know, and not making, making real money, you know. But, and, and my man living his dream out right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> there you go now. But some of those dudes were real cool to me, man. Like, I was sneaking in to hip-hop shows and shit in STL. Like, uh, I remember I was in a journalism class in high school, and I made uh, fake lany- like a fake lanyard for Blueberry Hill. And it said, uh, I took the Blueberry Hill logo, and I put a uh, photographer underneath it. I made a lanyard out of it and put it around my neck and brought a digital camera, and I would just sneak into the famous hip-hop weekly that was going on around the late uh, 90s, early 2000s in St. Louis. It was every Friday night at Blueberry Hill. It was called The Science. And they would broadcast it live on 88.1. And I would, I, I was already such a fan. I would literally, before I would go out and this party with my friends in high school on Friday nights, I would set up a tape player to record at least the first hour of the show until the tape stopped. So I, I, would, I was already recording that shit, you know, just so I could go back and listen to it or whatever. And, um, but dude, like, it was all the dudes that were, you know, the class above me that are, you know, the homies now. And, like, I was super grateful that they even gave me some, you know, a minute at a time back then. Because I was a little fucking kid, you know. And, like, I would just walk past the doorman and the dude would be like, hey, I'd already be down the fucking stairs. He wouldn't come after me. He's collecting cover at the door and shit. Man. And I'd just go down there and I'd just be just absorbing everything like a sponge. Just watching, like, Crucial Needles and... Chili C and Alahan and all these dudes just crushing shit. And it's and, crazy. And man. it was just, it was so hip hop, man. It's like, I, I'm really blessed that I got to like see that era of the St. Louis scene, man. And I started kicking it with, um, with Kat and Jai Davis, who uh, were from the group, were a, a, a duo of brothers. Uh, uh, Bits and pieces. Yeah, man. And Kat's regarded as one of the greatest MCs that ever come out of St. Louis, man. And it was crazy because back in the day at, at Best Buy, I was working at customer service. I was a manager. And the cell phone department was right across from customer service. And back then, every cell phone company would have a wireless rep that they would send to Best Buy to work on their behalf. Right. So Cat worked for Voice Stream Wireless. He was a Voice Stream Wireless rep at my store. And we st- started talking music and shit, and like we both hated that store so much, man. <laughs> and we would go out to lunch together, and like we were hanging out for easily a month or so, going to lunch, kicking it, and I would like burn instrumentals from my vinyl collection onto like a CD, and he'd be in my car fucking rapping, like blowing my mind. And I didn't know he was in bits and pieces at the time. He never said shit. He was so humble. He never said anything. Like the first month we were hanging out, and um. Somehow we started talking, and I was like, man, there was this group. I recorded the track uh, on cassette, and Crucial produced it. And it was, it's, it's a song called City Is Us by this group called Bits and Pieces. And Kat literally just looked at me and goes, yeah, man, that's me and my brother. That's our group. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> my, mind, my mind was gone. I, thought, I right? looked at him like, we've been hanging out for a fucking like, two months, man. You've never said anything? Like, Jesus. He's just like, oh, bro, the fact you even know that song is crazy to me. What the fuck? Yeah, you know, what's up, man? We became really close friends after that, man. And then I started going to the science with him. I would, like, pick him up and his brother. I'd take him to recording sessions at Crucial's old house. And I would just be, like, sitting there at the board with Crucial. He's making beats on the SP and shit. And Cat would get in the booth and just crush shit. Like, barely anything even written down. Like, and it just was so inspiring watching a dude on that level you know the, like for me like that young i'm just sitting there, like, holy shit like you you realize you're witnessing greatness like you, like that dude monster fucking monster on stage and him and his brother their chemistry couldn't match it dude like they were the shit man it just was so i was so fortunate to be around all that and then it transitioned into like when i started working on actual hip-hop records and started working with F5 Records, their record label, Crucial's label, and um, mm. Frozen Food Section was an imprint that I was working with for a while. Shout out uh, to them. Jay Toth and all the homies, man. My man Toth Elias. Yep. Rest in peace. He, he connected me with all those dudes. 
Shout out to the Calc 2 as well, man. He was around. He witnessed Young Moff back then. <laughs> and, uh, and, man, like, I just started like hanging out with these dudes and just smoking. And they would just bring me out. I'd be like, dude, just bring a shitload of records with samples on them. We're just going to have you just lay cuts on all these different records. And I started scratching on all kinds of different records that were getting pressed on vinyl and shit. And I was just like, this is so dope. Yeah, you know, like it was, it was the shit to me. And then after that, um, I got connected with Matthias. And um, shout out to uh, Matthias. Yeah, man. and Kama and my man Black Patrick, and we formed uh, Earthworms, the hip hop group that I was in for. for man, we had a nice shout out to the Earthworms. Yeah, we had a nice little run, man. We won That's a bunch of awards did, and, and toured. Yeah. And yes, you three, did. Yes, three I really did. dope full lengths, <laughs> and we did well, man. We did a USO tour for the government. We went all over Europe and. It was an amazing time, man, and Matthias is still like my older brother, man. We still kick it. We were just hanging out at Atomic like two nights ago, you know, having some beers and shit. That's but, what's um, up, man. But yeah, man, it just, you know, I don't know. I'm really glad I got to witness that whole era of STL hip-hop, like down to the DJs, the MCs, the producers. Like I was just a sponge wanting to be around all these dudes because everyone was different. Everyone had a different style. Everyone was on their own shit. Like... You know, it's like, hey, you want these spaced out weird ass raps? It's like Frozen Food Section's got that. <laughs> you want the great, the great fucking, you know, classic Pete Rock premiere style, chopped loops and shit, crucial and F5 records. Dudes are killing shit on beats like that all day. You know, and it's just like, man, it was just so cool to hear all this different stuff, man. And then like, you know, even down to like the Soul Tide click, like which is like Tef and. NATO and Black Spade and all those dudes, like they were a giant clique of dudes that oh, were yeah. just fucking sick. Yeah, right? shout out to the fellas, man. Yeah, man. And it was just, it was a crazy time. Of course, Midwest Avengers. Hell yeah, homies, shout out man. to the fellas, man. Happy 25th to those guys Hell still out yeah. there. Hell yeah, man. Legendary. Man, but it's just, you know, there's been so many great movements in the St. Louis hip hop scene and it's just it's just been like an honor to kind of be around and witness all that stuff. You know? Fuck yeah man. Man. It, it's, I know and you guys are carrying the torch. Fresh produce is very is very much a part of that lineage. Like, <laughs> I appreciate it is. that man. I mean and I'm glad to be a part of it man. I'm glad I'm glad to 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 once been a competitor, a champion and now a behind the scenes person. Sure. Like I went through like I went through the bottom up, coming through, not knowing shit. Came and now you're through. like a curator of the whole thing. <laughs> Dude, like it's been, it's been a long time coming, man. Full circle, like, man. That's it, great. For real, man. It's, it's been a long time coming. I appreciate, you know, what it's done for me. So right, I, I, I appreciate what it's done for me and who I've met and the skills I've picked up. Sure, you man. Because like I will say this, beat battle has will, will, can and will increase your skill set. Oh, for sure, man. Oh, it will. I, I it's mean, not. It's not no. I think competition. Is, <laughs> competition will. is very healthy. I mean, I went through years, and I'm still kind of you know dabbling in that world with the Red Bull Three style thing. Like that was a big mm-hmm. deal to me for for years, man. Like I busted my ass putting together these routines and all the pressure that goes along with that, man. Like I, I won in 2010, went went to the U.S. Finals and placed like fourth in the country and I was like man I'm like that close you know what I mean it's like next year I'm gonna go for it again and in second and I'm gonna go in 2013 I'm gonna go for it again it's just like dude I, I was obsessed you know because the, the competition bugs real man and it was and, it, and I met some amazing people like all these different DJs that are still the shit around the country and like when I'm touring we try to like hook each other up with gigs and take care of them I try to bring them out to here I play their cities and it's like, you know, at the time, you're mortal enemies when you're on stage. But it's just like after that, the pressure's off. And it's just like, all right, man, actually, you're really dope, dude. We should kick it. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like competition, I mean, that's in the foundation of hip hop, man. That's part of the culture. Of course. I mean, whether you're a B-boy, whether you're a DJ, whether you're you're in an MC battle, whatever it is, like that is part of the bloodline of all this shit man you know right it's it's really like it's really like on some gladiators iron sharpening iron you're still sharpening steel type shit right. like it's a post like that's why I love like shit like fresh produce and like I like stuff like street style and DMC because it literally is building up your skill set like it's making you better it's oh, like yeah. literally forcing you to become better and forcing you out of your comfort zone it, it is which like, is super important especially you if you want to be a performer on stage like I did a lot of shows up until that first Red Bull 3 style like fucking years worth of DJing and all that I never felt as nervous as I did getting on that stage 
you fuck up once, like your hand hits the record wrong and skips something, like you're fucking done. You're done. Like you lost. <laughs> you know, it's like that, it's that cutthroat. And it's just like, man, you work on a routine for two, three months in your your bedroom or whatever, and then you get on stage in front of three thousand people, expecting to see some shit. Like you, you can, the pressure can get to you, man. You can fall apart real fast. <laughs> you know I can what imagine. I mean? I can imagine. And it's just like you got to become a different entity. You know, like you got to have that confidence <laughs> out the ass. That you just got to have that. And man, it, it really showed me a lot of things about myself that like I don't know if I would have discovered that unless I would have put myself in that environment. <laughs> but hey, man. Shout out to my man Chris Brown. He's. I, I hope he gets in this year. <laughs> he fucking made an insane video, man. You should see that shit. If he doesn't get picked, robbery, man, robbery. Shit, I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah, yeah. That out. It's, it's that's the other thing with like the technology, man. Is now they're even changing the rules on on like those battles. Like you don't even battle in person anymore. You submit a video. And have you ever like you have you doing your routine? Basically? Yeah, but it's, it, and it's it's weird. Like and some of the routines are fucking phenomenal. These guys are killing it. You submit like a five minute video, and then they choose like six to eight dudes from around the country, and that's the U.S. finals. And like the person that wins that goes on to represent the U.S. in the World Finals. And it's like that's cool, but like I liked it when they had battles all over the country, and we all really like right right went for each other and like. You win St. Louis, you move on to this regional of this section of the country. You win that, you get into the U.S. Finals. Like, that was the... We had to do all these extra stepping stones and all this shit, and it was just... I don't know. There's something different about battling in person than, like... You know what I mean? Like... Like, it, 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 it makes you want... Because it's like, if you're there in person... If you're there in person in front of a crowd of people... And especially like if you're doing well and the crowd is seeing it, it mm-hmm. does something to you. Cause I know I felt that way when I did beat battles. Mm-hmm. It does like whatever little stage fright, whatever little nerves, that shit goes away right. instantly. The second you see a positive, and it's nothing like it. Man. Well, you see also- like a lot of people fuck with what you're doing, whether it's a, a DJ, a beat set, or a DJ routine. Sure. Right? If you're doing it right there and you see people right there saying, "Yeah." Yeah, right. Yeah, fucking with it, cheering you on and going in like, oh, right, right. You can't, you can't, you can't beat that for me. And engaging and taking mental notes while you're watching people react to your shit. That's how you can win maybe down the road. Because then you you made it not like, all right, that beat fucking crushed in the second round or whatever. That's my secret weapon for next time, bro. Or, or whatever. You know what I mean? Like you can even figure out how to gauge and make your your next battle, your next set even better. Cause you're like, all right, man. Now I got all this different shit in my arsenal. This this beat that I personally think is my dopest shit. Crowd was like, eh, you, you know, and like like the one that is old to me, and I, I'm bored with it just because I right. made it three right. years ago. Is the shit to everybody because it's new to them. They haven't heard it. You know what I mean? And it's just right. like there's some weird mind game trickery shit that goes on with that stuff. Bro, and bro, and the thing about it is, and I'm glad you were, you talked about the people like that because like one thing is that because it's like the same kind of ordeal. Like I'll try to tell producers in B battles for fresh produce is like yeah, you going to have to pay attention to the crowd. Like I understand you're going to want to play like what you feel like is super dope. But if you in competition, pay attention to like for real, pay attention to the crowd. Because one th- point I always make, and I drive home, and you kind of said it without saying it, and I'm, I'm going to kind of piggyback off of it, sure. which is <laughs> when you pay attention to the crowd, you have to pay attention to the attention span of the crowd. Right. And usually the human attention span is going, to, especially in certain things like a beat battle or a DJ routine, because it's going to be a minute to five minutes long, depending on what side of the fence you're going to be on. Mm-hmm. You know. You talking about you got to grab this person's attention within the first 30 seconds. Right, 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 right. Like, if you don't grab that person's attention within 30 seconds, you lost. And I, was, I don't care how good of a setup you got. I don't care how. If your shit don't captivate that person in 30 seconds and can continue on. Right. Well, man, I, even when I was the guest I DJ and I was running beat, you know, like everything's running through the DJ mixer and I'm running levels and all that. And I'm, I'm using the stop clock. You know, making sure everyone gets a minute or I think it was a minute the first yeah. couple rounds or whatever. And I was even kind of looking at, at some of the guys. You could tell that their shit's building up, but it took 45 seconds for that build up to come in. 
And I felt like an ass pull, pulling the beat down, but I'm like, hey man, you only get a minute. And like some of those guys would look at me like, what the fuck? Man? But I'll tell them. Like, yeah, it's just like, like, like man, you. you might want to make an edit. <laughs> like, like you might want to make an edit of your own track where like that whole buildup is way shorter or something, just for like the beat battle environment. Like honestly, right. you know what I mean? Like, like because I was, I, I was hearing it building up, and I, I know where you were going. I know it was gonna be a big hit. But then it's like it was only knocking for like 10 seconds and we had to cut the beat off. And, 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 and <laughs> you see what I'm saying? It's like, and that's why I tell people, like, you got eight, if you're gonna use the intro anywhere from eight to 12 seconds, if you're gonna be pushing it, you could do 15 if you're pushing it, but that means you got 15 other seconds mm-hmm. to impress the fucking crowd. Right. And if you cannot make that 15 seconds rock, I don't care if you're a DJ doing a routine or a producer playing a beat, if you cannot. Catch that attention within 30 seconds and get that crowd on your side. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, it's, all, it's a wrap. It's, I'm I mean, sorry. Every, it's just easy. Everything is ADD culture now, man. People don't have the patience to wait around. Zero. For, yeah. Zero. It's like, and like, and like I said, I'm a fan of like build-ups and shit like that. I'm a fan oh, of Oh, me too. I'm, yeah, I'm not knocking fan. any of that at all. I'm but, just saying, and these instances it's it's you know right. you got to evaluate that you got to recognize that that's a, a natural factor like it is right and, and that's and that's something i'm really hoping like you know people that i know, I know to get into beat battles whether you've been a previous competitor or a future new competitor mm-hmm. like i hope you really pay attention with me and my for saying like even <laughs> if even if you're a D, even if you're a dj about to think about going into dj battles you know what i'm saying think about what he's saying too like you know this man has been in them he has been in some big ones some countrywide right. ones right like he been in some shit that a lot of people on earth know about not just here earth, <laughs> <laughs> earth. so I'm just saying so it's like no oh, he knows man. so he know what the fuck he talking about so <laughs> so it's and me and him are literally saying the same exact thing which is understand how the human attention span works mm-hmm. because that is going to make a break your and, winnings every single time. Oh yeah, and not, and not everyone in the crowd is like a music connoisseur like we consider ourselves to be. You know, right, like, right. If you're a producer, you're obviously in love with this shit. Like, exactly. you, you know what I mean, or a DJ or whatever. And it's just like sometimes you got to remember, like some of these people are fair weather fans. They don't know. Like if you want to start your track off with the original sample and then build into the way that you flip it on, like like they might not understand what that e- what's even going on. You know what I mean? And sometimes you got to dumb it down a little bit, a little bit. I'm not saying do that all the time, but like, or do something that's super fucking recognizable, or something that's so. If you if you want to do that, and I learned it, do something that's going to be like, oh shit, I was just like. What the fuck are you about to do with this? Like, dude, homie, that one you know uh, from Chicago, uh, Benny D. The, the time I, I uh, yeah, was DJing for you guys, Zap and Roger and rock this shit. Fucking man, that track was ridiculous. When that actually came in, it was, dude, it was game over, man. Like, it, it, it's just the like whole the crowd is, oh shit. <laughs> like, it, it's, it's just like the one we just had um, the last time with uh, DJ Quality winning. Shout out to him. Yeah, yeah. And also from Chicago, and he flipped an X Men beat. The X-Men cartoon beat. Oh, really? And the crowd, like, they just walked away like... I mean, that's one like, of the greatest animated uh, theme songs of all time tra- right there. And he tra- EDM trapped the fuck out of it. Oh. Uh, oh, man. I couldn't I was make like, it to that Ooh. one. You guys have to play me that sometime. I want to hear that. I think we, I know we got the video footage of it, man. It's, okay. I, it's, it's, it, I'm pretty sure we still got that video footage somewhere. Man, so, but now, man, but like... It I used was to watch so- that cartoon religiously when I was a kid, hell too. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> hell yeah. And he went against a hell of a competitor than my boy TKB. Shout out to him, man. And so, it was a close match. But, you know, it was just saying like something like that just like if you're gonna flip a sample if you're gonna do something like that for example you know do right. something that's gonna be like oh well that takes me back to my childhood so, oh i just heard oh, this totally well if you can yeah. tap into people's nostalgia or, or something like it's, it's Bro. i'm not saying it's kind of gimmicky a little bit but if you can do it in a really dope way then it kind of doesn't matter <laughs> you know what i mean right. work work on it work on the human mind grace speaking of all the dudes from out of town winning how are the stl dudes feeling about that you know what man it's like i tell them all the time man like i tell like anyone the same thing no matter if you in town or out of town man like my thing is this i'm an unbiased person right i got it i have to for the sake of not, and I have friends. Like I have some of my friends and good homies that compete, like Chike Beast and Adre and all them. Oh yeah, you know, I, a good like, dude, man. I like right, him. you know, so all of them competing and shit like that. But I told them the same thing, 
And I will tell anyone else, like, the better be one. You know what I'm saying? If the better, I mean, if it's dope, it's dope. That's I mean, as I was saying, the better be one. Like, I mean, I was like, is that Kanye line? Or whatever. This is where he's just like, I just like dopeness. <laughs> or whatever. Like, right. I mean, just saying. I'm like, if the motherfucker dope, the motherfucker dope. I don't care if it's from. I mean, now mind you, we had a lot of people win from out of town. Like we had mainly, mostly Chicago people win. Like the uh, first few times, we mm-hmm. had one Memphis person won, and stuff like that. But I'm just saying, like, uh, and last time that was Chicago with DJ Quality. Right, right. But I'm just saying. But as far as you know how people feel about that, like. It just means like what I said before. It's 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 just like you play. It's it's like anything else. I'm gonna say two words: get good. Like it's it's like get good. It's just have to get good. Like it's nothing else outside of that. Now you heard what's out there. Right. Now you know what's out here. You just can't play just anything. If you trying to really get your skill set right, you have to come with. And mind you, it's been people in STL I know for a fact have came through with some heat and have be have been able to give. Oh yeah. No, like I'm talking about like some of these oh, matches yeah. one like a washout. Heat. Oh yeah. No, Every it's time been I've like been there, there's been yeah, plenty of heat. It, it's <laughs> been it, like it's been plenty of, like even against the out of town people, it's been plenty of like that was a close ass match. It was just literally we had to get on a technicality, this is what was better on it. And like that like that kind of shit. So right. it's not like the heat's not coming through, but this is like I said, if someone literally has the better beat, I don't care if you're from out of town or in town, they just have the better beat. Right, it's it just what it is. Facts, and I can't, I can't like differentiate. I can't be that person. Like, well, you can't. Well, we have to go ahead and get. No, it's not. I can't give you a bone. I'm not gonna just throw you a bone, my nigga. Like, you got a whole that. room of people that are also saying yay or nay to that shit too. It's right, kind of. It's not that shocking. Right, on why a decision would sway one way or the other. Right, and <laughs> and the thing about it is, if you've been doing that good, where maybe you lose to the motherfucker that won, and the motherfucker that won is. Really damn good. And I like the way you guys do it because it eliminates the popularity contest aspect of it. Like, what if you had a dude that brought 20 people with him and they want to be the loudest people in the fucking room when that dude's up? And even if this shit's not that that good. Right. I've came by myself many times, dude. Like, no, like when it was like that kind of setup and when it was just a crowd and got love either way and won both and won both times many ways. And I didn't need none of that. It's a good feeling. It's a good feeling. And so it's it's just one of those things, like I tell people, like, mind you, I haven't done it since 2013 and it's 2018 now. Mm. But I'm just saying, like, when I'm seeing like you know because I have people come and tell me like yeah man so I come out and win I'll tell you like I don't mind telling you what's going on with your stuff just hope you accept the constructive criticism mm-hmm. but I also tell you like hey if you're going to compete in this realm this is what you want to think about or if you want to get good like don't think of this like, and I think a lot of people get caught up on the winning aspect of it too mind you the winning is just the bonus like I always right. tell folks right, like right. don't get caught up on so much the aspect that you won you get, bra- I've lost you get bragging rights for a month Right, um, exactly. <laughs> like, dude, like I'm telling you, I've like said many times as I won, I have lost my fair share of times sure. too. Okay. And like some, and them, some of them times I had to go ahead and let's like say some of them be on BS, some of them been valid. Let's mm-hmm. just call it what it is. But at the times where you know it, I felt like it was a valid loss because the person was just that much better than me. It was just like, well. That person was just that much better than you. Right. Like, it's just all I was. Like, damn, now I got, I got back to the drawing board, see what I can do now. And there's a lot of, you know, you get in your own head about it because you got to be like, all right, round one, what, what am I going to use? And it's like, do you pull out the fucking banger right away? Do you save that for in case you might get into later rounds? Or do you even roll the dice on that, whether or not you're even going to get that far? Like, have fun, man. You know what I mean? Just but have I, they, fun. But there is a science to all that, too. It is. It you is. Like, I, I always say, like, if you can help it go second, but if you got to go first, just throw a Hail Mary out there. <laughs> like, that, that's literally my I, thing. I, if, I if get you, that strategy. That like, if sense. you can help it go second because it gives you time, it's like, okay, now I know what to expect. Versus, like, if you, but if you got to go first, Fuck it, just throw it out there. You better just let your nuts hang and let's see what happens. <laughs> I mean, for real, you just have to see what happens. Just like, just, and hopefully, people fuck with you. I mean, that's right. I mean, that's kind of the ordeal with it. But I'm, I'm really hoping people take in like what we're talking about with this advice because it's like. I know, like, I see people, whether, I've seen people even on DJ routines, like, the little few DJ battles I've went to um, from time to time mm-hmm. um, and watched online plenty of times. Oh, it's sure. like, you know, I've seen the same kind of thing with people getting their heads, getting their feelings about, like, nah, if this person just, if you want to get some motherfucker that's basically Jazzy Jeff Jr., I mean, what the fuck you expect? Right. You know, like, what the fuck you expect? Mm-hmm. So, like, it's like, so, I mean, 
it's someone who's like Jazzy Jeff Jr. What do you expect? Oh, man. You know what I'm saying? It's like, what? I mean, you can't expect And even it. on the national like level of all that, man, some of the stuff these guys are doing now is just, they're pulling out <clears throat> custom-made MIDI devices and shit. And all, like, they're making their own instruments and stuff just to like add extra flair to their set to separate themselves from the pack. And that's what that's, it is. It's competition. It's just like, man, theatrics matter, man. They do. They do. Like, like, you know, again, the layman or that's in the crowd might not understand all the intricate patterns and all the shit you're doing up there. But, but if they like, can see you, you doing you pull something some like... extra shit out of the end of your set that ups the ante as far as like your stage presence. Right. That can go farther than what the actual what, what like is actually going on with the audio. Like it, it it's a thing. <laughs> it, it is like human attention span. Oh, that's I'm t- that's all I got to say. Dude, it one all of the Rebel three that, styles I competed <laughs> in uh, the first US finals for the first ever, ever Rebel three style the dude that won. We didn't understand how he won, man. He walked out at one point, like there was a part in his set where like the music cut off and it sounded like a phone was ringing. And he kind of had this like moment where he acted out this shit. He walked out from the turntables and like picked up his cell phone and had this fake conversation. The dude literally after that threw a wad of money into the crowd. And then got back on the turntables. The whole fucking place is going apeshit. It's real money. This this dude <laughs> this dude's all dressed nice and shit. People are like fucking fighting over all, all these, all those, all this shit's raining down from the ceiling. And uh, me wow. and all the other competitors, all the other DJs are like, for real? That dude just threw money in the fucking crowd? And that dude ended up winning. I bet he did. And, 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 and like, if I would have judged, sorry, man, like that dude wouldn't have won, man. But like, but we were just like, what the fuck? Stage prisons, man. Yeah. And of course, I, I, money. And I, I, and I realized after that, I made a mental fucking, you know, check in my brain. Like, oh, wow. All right. Yeah. Got to come out with some other shit. Like. <laughs> gotta get you gotta get you gotta get the people's attention. Gotta get the people going. Oh, I mean, whether it's on it audio was, or visual, you have it was to. crazy to witness that. I was just like, Fuck. you have to, bro. You man, have to, man. But uh, <laughs> we about to wrap it up in a minute, man. But yeah. this been some great ass conversation. Man. Yeah, yeah, for real, for sure, man. man. Like, for, like I, for real, for real. But uh, I want you to go ahead and give your uh, give you a chance to go ahead and uh, talk about anything you got going on. And also, yeah. I know my man is also you guys. If you guys did not know, he's also welcome to the podcast. The world, yeah, brother. I just said the podcast world, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good to be part of the club. <laughs> the cool kids welcome club. To the, welcome to the club, bro, yeah, man. man. Uh, so I, I, I just launched a podcast a week ago. It's called Moff's Music Machine. And basically, uh, years ago, I used to have a radio show. I used to be a program director of a radio station out here called Riverfront Radio. And uh, I just kind of miss doing my radio show. That's all it boils down to. And the other side of it is I'm playing all new music. And I'm not DJing in this show. I'm just kind of playing like dope new shit and talking about it. You know, because I'm a nerd for all these, all this music stats and all this, all this knowledge and everything. <laughs> and there's a lot of records that I can't really even play on Friday and Saturday nights in a club environment anymore because people are so fickle. They want to hear familiar shit all the time. And it's right, like, right. man. Am I driving around in my car listening to Cardi B? Fuck no, man. You know, like, this is the shit I'm actually into right now. Like, what I'm listening to on my own time type of thing. It doesn't have to be a club banger. Not every hip-hop song has to be about a fucking party. You know what I mean? It's just like, right. there's too much good music that has fallen through the cracks. So that's kind of the premise of my show, is we're playing all that stuff. Hell yeah. And uh, I'm probably going to do at least two episodes a month. First one just drop. Uh, you can find me on social media. I'm just at DJ Moff. That's M-A-H-F. And uh, my link is in my bio on my IG and all that. You can go, you can download it or stream it. Cool. And, you uh, on like Mixcloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes? Uh, it's hosted by Libsyn right now. Okay. And I just got approved for iTunes. Nice. I actually just got the email saying that the registration went through. There you go. So there it's on go. iTunes. I don't know the link right off the top of my head, but if I'm sure if you search just Moff's Music Machine, it should pop up. Absolutely. Yeah, you can subscribe through iTunes too, I believe. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, so got that going on. Motown on Mondays is a party that we're, we're still doing out here. Uh, we actually just did that last night. So we do that every first and third Monday of the month at Atomic Cowboy. Great roster of DJs. Four hands is supplying a bunch of cheap drinks. We got visuals. It's a killer funk and soul dance party. You guys should definitely come out to that. It's free. Absolutely. And then um, got some new stuff in the works with some of the guys from my record label, Indie Ground. 
Me and Steady P are about to get back in the studio and make some new music. Shout finally. out to Steady P, man. My man, yeah, yeah. It's been a while for me and him. It's been a couple years since we've we've made any music, so Fuck I'm excited yeah. to get back on that. And uh, me and the boys from Brett Gretzky have a project coming out, I believe, late July. Okay. Uh, that's J Bomb and Far Out, and um, that should be like a free. I think it's gonna be a free album. So we'll be. Nice. I think we're just gonna throw that out there. Awesome. And, uh, and yeah, man. Just, Check me on social media, man. I always got different shows and gigs and events that I'm throwing and shit. So Fuck yeah, man. Always keeping busy, man, on the, on the hustle all the time. Hell yeah, man. But uh, thank you so much again. I just want to ask you one more thing. Do you yeah, have any good final words for the people out there? Ah, man. Um, as far as... Anything, man. Advice or what are Advi- we about? <laughs> Advice. Just, you want words of wisdom. Hey, just man. want to say something. Just, anything you want, man. All I can say is just... Keep going out and supporting live music, man. Like all these events, like that's what kind of keeps these scenes afloat is participation. So that that's a big thing for me, man. I love the camaraderie that like Fresh Produce has brought. Like you guys have a nice little, like it feels like a, a family event, man. And that's something that Appreciate you guys it. should be proud of. And that's why I'm really proud of my Motown on Mondays party, man. As we're Hell bringing yeah. all these different age groups and people from different backgrounds together, and that's and been they, awful. They, wild they, too. They, man. they leave all their shit aside, man. They go down the dance floor, and it's just like, man, that music is so timeless. Everybody loves it. Hell yeah. So, man. and it's like a beautiful thing to see. So definitely, just keep supporting local, whatever, just music in, in general. Go to concerts track down people's albums share stuff that you think is dope on social media man you don't have to follow the bandwagon of what everyone thinks is dope like if you like something tell people about it you know like that's to me like you know because when people release stuff when like when we put out an album or something man like the internet is so vast now that like shit just really good art gets just fucking lost it gets swallowed up in the sea of bullshit it does and it's just like it dude how, are we still talking about all this Kanye shit like is this album even that hot I don't think it is sorry like, there's, <laughs> there's there's doper shit out there and I can name 10 albums right now if you want me to but it's just like people need to like share that shit absolutely that's important man it's just like you don't need to th- like something isn't dope just cause everyone is on it it's not sorry <laughs> like, right. At least that's how I digest shit. No, you're right about Again, that. Again, huh? it's how you digest your musical diet. Like, like that's that's a thing to me. Like, I don't know, man. I mean, am I aware of all those records? Do I play that shit at a, in a club environment? Am I remixing stuff off those records? Of course I am. I'm aware of it. I know those records. But like, there's just great stuff out there too, man. It's just do a little bit of digging. Or just listen to my podcast. There you go. <laughs> go. Shameless plug. That's a, man. Hey. Do that. Go I ain't mad at you. I ain't mad at you. Hey, man. But hey, Moth, my, my brother, thank you so much for coming out. Oh, no, dude, thanks for having me. I had fun. Uh, man, I appreciate it, man. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. But uh, this has been another dope ass episode of Fruit of the Boom Podcast. Uh, make sure you check us out, man, on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Mixcloud. Find us all there. Um, you know, we're gonna be putting a lot more episodes back on. Um, catch us on, you know, all forms of social media at Fruit Boom Pod, and contact us, you know, for scheduling, feedback, advertising, whatever. You know, at fruitboompod at gmail.com. And also check us out, uh, you know, um, every first Wednesday of the month, you know, down at the Monaco, which is Manchester and Taylor in the Grove area in St. Louis City. And uh, we will catch you all later. Peace. Peace.